0: Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit RachelCarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the Word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen.
1: Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to look at a question sent in by a listener. I, I think it's been a little bit ago. My team gave it to me and passed it on to me. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest, this is one of those questions that's not not easily answered, and I really like answers, uh, questions that are, you know, got a really easy, obvious answer that I can, you know, go to a specific passage or scripture and say, here you go, here's the answer. I love an answer like that, but I'm just going to be honest with you. This is one of those really tough questions today. And I'm going to dare to tackle it and be really honest about it because I think this is one that needs to be addressed and discussed, but it's not probably the answer we all wished it was or hoped it would be. So let's dare to um, consider this together and soberly. And I hope that um, you'll let me know where I missed the mark on this one or what your insights are to this. I think it's important for us to dare to have these conversations and consider these things and be honest and authentic with each other because there's something in us that wants a guarantee and we don't get that. We get one guarantee, but we don't get all the guarantees we want. So now that you're dying to know what the question is, the question is, again, I think it's really a good one. A homeschool mom wrote in asking, what does success look like at graduation? So she said she's got, you know, five kids and one about to graduate. And she's just thinking to herself, as we do, you know, you by the time you've got one that's gonna graduate, you're like, okay, can someone tell me if I did this right? Can someone tell me <laughs> did I waste the last 12 years? Did I did I do something good right? We and and you need to know, we all ask those questions. We all feel that. We all wonder. Did I do okay? Did I did I bake enough cookies? You know, did I read enough books? Did I was I patient enough? Was I kind? Of, you know, we all do that. We all have it all sorted back through our mind, especially when we've got one on doc to graduate. So, total disclosure: I've got my last one. We'll be graduating in May of this year, and I'm I've got this going on. What does it look like? What does success look like? As he's graduating and of course I'm reviewing the six before him that graduated and thinking okay was that one successful was that one successful and all of this kind of thing and that is incredibly normal and yet I want to caution us because very often we allow that to take over and we allow that our our achievements our things that we did to be the determiners in this answer to this question. And it's very easy for us to get caught up in comparison. It's very easy for us to lean into regret and despair because guess what, we didn't get it all done and the things we did get done, we didn't do as well as we wish we had, if we did them at all. So all of that is true. And I'm just gonna tell you that's true in terms about doing it all or doing it well or either one or both, that's true if you have them in homeschool, if you have them in public school, if you have them in private school, if you have them in charter school. All moms, well, we all wrestle with this issue of were we enough? Were we the mom we wanted to be? The mom that, you know, before we were a mom, it looked like we could be, Right. Did we get it done? Did we succeed? And what does, what are the earmarks of a successful high school graduate? And I'm just going to say, I think we all know the answers, what we want the answers to this to be. We all know what we want this to look like. And I love what, and I've mentioned this before, uh, what Ted Tripp, said one time in a conference he said you know oh my children that you would know god that you would know god and he charged us as audience members to hold up before our kids a holy mighty god every day and say to our kids oh that you would know god that you would know god and that was just so inspiring to me i oh that my kids would know god that would be to me the number one thing that you know that we endeavored every day to hold up to our children a holy mighty god that to me if I was, you know, if I were to tell you what the earmarks of this is, this is the earmarks that I would choose, right? One is that they know God, that they have a growing, thriving relationship with God, that they're seeking Him and they're serving Him. To me, that would be just paramount. That would be success, that the kids would know who He is and know what He's about and know His Word and love His Word. That to me would be it. The secondly, that Grad, that a successful graduate would respect the parents, that would honor and respect the parents, that you would also have a growing, thriving relationship, a relationship in transition, right? And let me just tell you, the transition between a child at home, even high school, right, transitioning to college, becoming a young adult, and then transitioning to graduating from college or getting married or both, that's that's tricky. I'm just going to tell you as someone who's done it a few times now, that is not easily achieved, but I believe that respect can be maintained and ought to be maintained from a biblical perspective. Not obedience changes, right, but respect ought to remain the same. After all, uh, honor your father and mother remains in scripture, right? So it's, it's not an issue of obedience, but respect, I would say, would be a great earmark of a successful graduate, high school graduate. Third, Relationship with siblings. Okay, again, we're talking idealistically here. We're talking perfectly here. I would say that an earmark of success would be that the kid that's graduating, your young man or young woman who's graduating, gets along well with his siblings. It's going to miss them. They're going to miss him or her, and they're going to stay in touch. They're going to call each other. Right. It's been one of the joys. That we've experienced so far has been the relationships our kids have had with each other after they graduated, and that's been glorious. And I'm very grateful for that, very humbled by that. And the fourth thing that I would say, an earmark of success um, when your kids graduate, is that they have a joy of learning, that they they love to read good literature, they love to investigate things, they're not bored. They're not flippant about educational opportunities that are in front of them, whether they are in a trade school, or an internship, or at a college somewhere, but that they embrace the opportunities to learn something new, and they enjoy being diligent on the job. You know, that to me would be an earmark. I jotted down in answer to this question, what are some character qualities that I think would be ideal and would mark success? And I, this is the list I came up with because I didn't want to list all the character qualities, right? But this was sort of my, off the top of my head, I think there's there's nine, two, four, six, eight, yeah, there's nine. So I said, I thought a successful, in this case, the mom was asking, homeschool graduate would be curious, right? Appropriately curious about the world and about the things of God. And um, I think curiosity can be a healthy thing somebody who really wants to know more about something. I think another character quality would be they're courageous. They're willing to stand. They're willing to stand alone. They're willing to do hard things. Your mark, character quality would be that they're kind. They're considerate of other people. They don't bulldoze other people. They, they think of other people. Um, next, diligence to me. A hard work ethic that, that, that they are going to work on a project until it's done. Honesty, that they are going to tell the truth. They're going to stand on the truth. Even if it means that they have consequences as a result of it, they're going to be honest about what really happened. Faithful, that they would be faithful to God, to their family, to their own personal convictions, to the way that they ought to live as a child of God. Next, that they would be dependable, that people would know if that child, that homeschool graduate, says they're going to do something or be somewhere that they know that that's going to happen because they gave their word. That seems to me like a great character quality, a great earmark. I would say another one would be that they're resolved. They are resolved. They're determined to do what's right, to honor God in all things, to um, die to themselves. That seems to me like that would be a great character quality. And uh, number nine that I listed is that they're responsible, that they do what needs to be done. They don't have to be told to do something a thousand times. They see a need, they see something that needs to be accomplished, and they do
0: it. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's Word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit RachelCarmen.com and join the community today.
1: Now, I'm just going to say, that's my ideal list, and I think it's a pretty good list, right? I like that list. I like the idea that we could stamp something uh, as successful, a homeschool as successful, a mom, a homeschool mom as successful, if her graduates could tick off the things on that list. But here's the deal. Our kids are like us. They have a choice. And for all of the things that we endeavor to do, all of the hard work we do, all the sacrifice that we do, as imperfectly as we do it, all of those things, I know that I have made a ton of mistakes and left things undone that ought to have been done and done those things that ought not to have been done, to quote the, the confessional prayer. I've not been perfect in my journey of homeschooling. And I, I know that in, you know, the words of David, my sin is ever before me, right? So I, I know that, but I know that. And then I know the other thing that can sometimes be terrifying. And that is my kids have a choice. I remember many, many years ago, my one of my sons asked me what we used to call stumper questions. And he asked me, he said, so, you know, Mom, what's the hardest part about being a mom? And I was I was like, that's not a hard question. I don't know what you were thinking. And he goes, no, no, that's supposed to take you all day. That's supposed to be a really hard question. I was like, well, it's not a hard question. And he goes, okay, well, then what's the answer? And I said, well, the hardest thing about being a mom is that you're free agents. I can't make you. I mean, when you're little, you discipline your children and you teach them to obey you, right? But the older they get, right, the more and more and more they they become more and more free agents and more and more of it's on them and they get to make these choices and for better or for worse, they can choose against everything that you taught them. They can choose against God. They can choose against you. They can choose against their siblings. They can choose against the joy of learning. You know, those are the four I listed and that's a hard truth. That's a really hard truth but it's the truth, and we would be fools to deny it. I will admit to you today that I I subconsciously, and probably, that's probably not completely accurate, there are probably times when I was consciously <laughs> trying to do the following, and that is, I like the idea of an if-then loop, right, uh, when it comes to obedience, whether it's being a homeschool mom or Or doing a variety of other things. I like the idea of sort of cutting deal with the Almighty. And saying, look, if I do this, do you do this? You know, hoping that whatever I do has some sort of guaranteed payoff. And it, it just doesn't work that way. As much as we want it to work that way. And we, boy, do we want it to work that way. If there was some magic formula, everybody would be taking it, right? But the reality is it doesn't work that way. God made us agents of choice. We get to choose. And just like he put Adam and Eve in the garden in the perfect circumstance, right? So he puts Adam and Eve, he creates them perfectly. He puts them in a perfect circumstance. He is the perfect God of creation, right? And he gives them one rule. Don't eat of that tree, right? Don't, don't eat it of that tree because in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So he lays it out completely clearly there was no there was nothing fuzzy about what he laid out he said this is what's going to happen and they did they disobeyed god they chose against god they chose self they did and i'm just here to tell you if god's perfect creations of adam and eve man and woman the first man and woman If in that perfect context, they can choose against God, I'm here to tell you in the imperfect circumstance of my home and probably your home, I'm betting, love you, but I'm here to tell you, our kids will sometimes choose against us, choose against all of the good things that we did. All of, I mean, obviously there are bad things we do. We mess up. I get that but we have to acknowledge that our kids are free agents and they can choose against us. And so what do we do then? Right. I don't want this to be a complete downer. I, I mean, I want to be honest and authentic, but I mean, what, why then? Right. Why would you homeschool? Why would you sacrifice in any way? If you, Any sacrifice that you make as a mother, why would you do that if you can't get a rubber stamp guarantee that your kids are going to follow God and they're going to respect you and they're going to love their brothers and sisters and they're going to love learning and they're going to change the world for Jesus? That's the guarantee we all want, right? I mean, I think we could agree with that. That's the guarantee we all want. And so the question comes, why would we obey God at all if we can't have that rubber stamp guarantee, And I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, we are supposed to obey because it's a discipline. We are disciplining ourselves to do what God says. We obey because God said so. And we discipline ourselves to our benefit. We are benefited when we obey simply because God said to do it. And God very clearly in scripture lays out that we are to disciple our children. We are to teach them diligently. You can go to Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. It is laid out how we are supposed to teach our kids, when we are supposed to teach our kids, what we are supposed to teach our kids. Right there in the Old Testament passage, he says, teach them diligently. And yet, we're like, hey, sign me up. I'll do it if I can get a guarantee. And he's like, yeah, no. But I still want you to obey me. I still want you to obey me. We don't get to wiggle out of obedience because they don't obey, right? We're responsible for the obedience that God places on us to our benefit. We discipline ourselves and obey because God said so. And then the second reason I believe why we obey, why do we do this if we can't get a rubber stamp guarantee? Second reason Because we trust him. Because we trust him. We obey God because we trust him. We trust that there's some reason that he has said to do what he said to do. Or he said not to do what he said not to do. We trust him because we trust that he knows something we don't know. Look, that was the seed of doubt that the serpent planted in Eve. Right? Those were the seeds of doubt that he planted. You look, God's holding out on you. He knows something that you don't know. He didn't want to tell you. You could know what he knows if you just disobey him. No, no. We obey because God said so. And we do it because he knows. He knows what we don't know. And we trust him and we discipline ourselves and we obey not because we get a rubber stamp guarantee, but because it honors and glorifies him when we obey. When you and I do what God says, it honors him. It glorifies him. Not because we get a payoff. Not because we get what we want. Not because we write out some if-then loop and get him to sign the bottom of the page. No. But because it's what he said and he is the master of the universe. He is our father. And we say yes, sir, and we obey because he said so and because he knows what's best for us. Look I wish I wish that there was a formula for parenting that we could stamp out what does success look like I think at the end of the day success as a homeschool mom looks like our faith has grown. We're able to trust God when they step out, when they launch out when they st- we're not become worry warts when they graduate but that we leaned further and further into God, whether they're walking with him or they're walking away from him, that we trust the sovereignty of God more and more and more, that our faith has grown, that we have dared to look and see, to taste and see the goodness of God, that we're able to look back over the years, acknowledge our imperfections and trust him to fill in the gaps that we trust him to do what only he can do, that our prayer lives are, grow, are growing and expanding. That's what success looks like as our kids walk across the stage, that we literally release them to him for them to go and do whatever God has prepared for them to do, that we continue to pray for them and that we trust him with them. Look, They're on a journey just like you and I are on a journey. I've made lousy decisions in my past, yesterday, in the last five minutes. I mean, I I still make lousy decisions, and yet God is sovereign. And he's also the great redeemer. In my worst decisions that I've ever made, guess what? God redeems. And in the worst decisions our kids make, God redeems. He is the great redeemer. He's the great redeemer. Success looks like we're continuing to walk in faith. We're continuing to persevere in prayer. We're continuing to trust and obey and love and honor. Success isn't a checklist for a homeschool student, public school student, private school student, charter school student, for a mom. It's not that easy. It is great to have these ideals and these objectives, but they're not promised to us. But we are called to obey even still. Keep the questions coming. I'd love to hear from you on this one. We'll talk again next time.
0: Thank you listeners for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarman.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and Real Refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment podcast.